0: Oh, hello. My name is uh, Wolfie. I'm 29 years old, and I'm from Panama City, Panama, but I was raised in Austin, Texas.
1: In Austin, Texas, that's that's actually pretty funny. That's where I'm recording from right now, actually. So, oh, wow! So you were born and raised in Austin, Texas?
0: I was actually born in Panama, um, Panama City, but oh, uh, yeah. I moved to Austin when I was like two. So basically. <laughs>
1: And how long did you live in austin
0: um pretty much my whole childhood um i went through all of school there graduated from high school graduated from community college with an associate's degree at austin community college and then i moved away to uh san marcos where to go to texas state university And continue my schooling there. But yeah, I was there for a pretty long time. See, 1997 to 2015.
1: Okay. Can we back it up to the late 90s, I guess? What was your earliest childhood um, self like? Your childhood, were both your parents there? Did you have siblings? What was the bigger picture? What was happening when you were a kid?
0: So when I was a kid, I was an only child. Not much happened. Um, I just had my parents with me. Uh, my dad was in the military, and that's why he was in Panama where he met my mom. But shortly after he uh, moved us back to the US, he retired and was just an ordinary, um, uh, just like employed guy working jobs, a pretty good jobs. So we got, we earned some good money at the time. Um, he was an ordinary dad. My mom, uh, A lot of times she didn't work but when she did she worked in like schools and for a long time she was like a lunch lady a cafeteria worker at some elementary schools and uh, me i just went you know to just went to school i I did have friends that would come over sometimes i had a couple of friends in school but some years i didn't so some years i was lonelier than others um, I have autism, but I wasn't diagnosed until I was like nine years old. So uh, when I was in elementary school, I had a lot of problems with uh, behavior, um, like crying, <laughs> a lot of crying and feeling left out and just just not fitting in with my class. And it got to a point where my teachers in like third and fourth grade were like, okay, let's send this kid to get some counseling. And I was evaluated and I got my diagnosis when I was nine in fourth grade. Um, So going into middle school, I really worked on uh, managing my autism. I went to these social groups that the school would let me go to. And that helped a lot with my social skills. And uh, um, I still had some uh, of my old friends from outside of school and I made more friends in middle school and surprisingly uh, middle school was pretty good compared to like elementary school or even high school and I think it was the best of my years as a kid which you know most people hate middle school um, but uh, no I, I did pretty well in middle school and then high school came around I was actually homeschooled because I moved away for two years and the I was out of the U.S., so I didn't, I couldn't, obviously couldn't have my normal American education. But uh, then I came back as a junior, and uh, high school was okay. It was just, it was meh. I mean, I still had my friends, um, but most of my middle school friends, you know, were not around anymore. And uh, a lot of my time was taken up by just having this crush that I had for uh, my junior and senior year. And uh, beyond that, like just pretty average childhood. I, um, not terrible,
1: not amazing, but uh, it was it was okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about this crush? I I am a little bit curious. What do you mean when you say a, it took up most of your time? Was it was it a little bit of an, an obsession? Was it these thought these thoughts were circling, over and over and over again? What did that look like? Because that's a little different.
0: So, <laughs> I, I I was in a U.S. history class in junior year, and I just saw this guy come in, and he was part of my class, and, and for some reason, my, I don't know, I don't, hormones, brain, something just like love at first sight, like I saw this guy, and like I felt different, it was like something just unusual that I've, that I've never felt since, that's just like this is the one, you know? It's really weird. I just instantly like liked how this guy looked and his mannerisms. And I didn't really think much of it. Like I thought, oh, it's another, it's just a cute guy. Like, and I'm a teenage girl, whatever. But then I started seeing him all over the place. Like I would be going through my uh, walking periods to my other classes and he would just show up. He would just walk past me. And I'd be like, okay, this is getting weird. Like, is he is he stalking me? I really did think that for a little bit. And I told my friend, like, seriously, i have seen this guy all over the place. And he's kind of weirding me out. Like, sure, he's cute. But why is he showing up everywhere? And my friend, you know, she would hang out with me. And she would notice it, too. She'd be like, wow, he's there. He really is everywhere around me. But then, you know, as time goes on, like, he never really talked to me or anything. And... We just, you know, just chalked it up to, oh, well, it was just coincidence. Like, he just had classes that happened to be in the direction I was going, and whatever. He was in one of my classes already. Um, And he took uh, other classes with teachers that I had at separate times. So, Um, junior year was a lot of that, a lot of that spent where I had a crush on a guy, but I wouldn't talk to him. And when I did, it was like at the end of the year, and it was like, cool. But I I think as time went on, we I found out we didn't have much in common, and it got really weird in senior year because I still saw him everywhere, but now we we spent like a lunch period together when I was in senior year, and he was, uh, I found out some very, dis- I don't know if I should, yeah, disturbing, I found some disturbing things about him that I didn't like, and... It, it it just got really weird especially by, by graduation it was like this is i really should not have spent so much time like thinking about this guy or worrying about this guy because in the end of the day he and i were just not compatible like we wouldn't like each other even as friends because i tried to be nice to him and be a friend back because if we were going to be around each other for so so many like at so many um times during the day but uh, it didn't end well, basically, with that. It, it, my relationship, quote unquote, relationship. It's not even. I don't even know if I was his friend or anything. But I knew him online even after high school for about a couple of years, and it just got worse and worse. And yeah, <laughs> what a waste of time of my time that was. It, it was just strange. I don't want to go through that again.
1: I understand that. Around senior year, it's also a big time for, for colleges and thinking about your future. What was your mindset around that time? It's, it's extremely stressful. What were you thinking?
0: So I'm really, uh, I really wanted to be an artist. I really wanted to be a cartoonist, but basically work in animation. And like, even though I was scared to go across the country to California, I was totally ready to do it. If I had to, to work in in Los Angeles or something. And I really did try. I went to the Art Institute of Austin and uh, I left after one week and a day because I didn't like anybody there. I didn't like their animation program and it was so expensive. Um, I got lucky that I managed to get all my money back pretty much from the school to pay to get in. And I just went to community college and I went to get a, an associate's degree in general studies because I didn't know at that point what I was going to do with my life. Um, but then when I got my associate's degree and transferred to Texas State, then uh, I also got another general studies degree, a bachelor's, but Texas State had a program that allowed me to like take three minors at the same time. And I found out that I really enjoyed criminal justice and that's what I did for the rest of my uh, college career. I got a master's degree in criminal justice and that's what I graduated as.
1: And how old were you when you graduated?
0: Uh, From my master's, I was, let's see, this was four years ago, 2019, I was 25.
1: Okay. And to kind of segue into the big overarching topic I talk about, in any of these episodes, maladaptive daydreaming. Before I ask you specific questions about that, can you tell me what maladaptive daydreaming is?
0: So, maladaptive daydreaming is when daydreaming uh, becomes a problem in your life. Uh, That's what the maladaptive part means. Uh, There is immersive daydreaming, which is the same thing, except it doesn't affect people negatively. Um, I'm really jealous of those people. <laughs> the, I tend to do it to the point where it takes up a lot of my time. some some days more it takes up more time than others. Some days I barely do it. Um, but throughout most of my life, I spend uh, I just spent it daydreaming. Um, And what what I daydream about can be...
1: I'm sorry, but what makes these daydreams immersive? What are some of the sensations that are different than just regular daydreaming when you do it?
0: So I can, like, pace around when I do them. And or if I have to be sitting down, I can just space out and think about that. And all of a sudden, I'm not listening to anything around me or watching Paying attention to what I'm seeing, either because I'm just in my head. Um, So, say somebody wants to talk to me, they have to like snap out of it and be like, huh? (laughs) That, you know, realize that they were talking to me. Um, My daydreams in my head are very vivid. Like, I can see a lot of detail. um, I'm pretty sure I have hyperphantasia, which just means you can see a lot of detail in your head. yeah, it, I can hear things in detail too. Uh, I can use, like, if I have a video player, like nowadays in modern times, I have YouTube, so I use that. I play music or uh, some kind of video, some scene or whatever from movie or cartoon, whatever show, and use that to help me daydream more vividly. Uh, yeah, that's what makes it pretty immersive. It's like yeah. you block out the rest of the world while you're doing it.
1: We kind of have a big picture of your childhood. Where did daydream, daydreaming enter it? Did it enter you while you were an adolescent? Did it pop up after you were 18? When did it first start?
0: I would say it started right when I could start to think, <laughs> right when, when I was a baby, because i can't remember a time when i didn't daydream because i was always alone and i had to think of ways to play by myself so as a as a small child in panama my parents you know they already sat me in front of the tv and i could watch cartoons and stuff and um, i watched so many cartoons that my according to my dad i learned how to talk by watching the Animaniacs. so already I knew about storytelling and characters, especially cartoon characters, and um I I must have started doing that like since the beginning of my time, like since I could make coherent thoughts like that.
1: Because I've been um, was it maladaptive at that age? Would you consider it so?
0: So well when I'm a kid, um when you're like one years old or maybe two and you were running around playing with toys, and just thinking, imagining imagining stuff, that's normal. Uh, it didn't become a problem, I think, until I entered school, like, uh, like kindergarten. I don't remember it being a particular problem in, in preschool, but kindergarten, there was this one moment I remember. I was supposed to be sitting down and working on maybe something boring, like math or something, and... I for some reason thought it was a good idea to get up and just start pacing around the room while everybody else was working. And my teacher came up to me with this totally weirded out look on her face. Like, what is wrong with this child? And she's like, uh, can <laughs> you should can you go back to work? Like and go take your seat. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even know I did that at the moment because she kind of like snapped me out of it. I just got bored and I just wanted to do my thing. (laughs) And. it, Yeah, that that was weird. That's I think that's when I realized, oh, I can't do this. Especially in school, like I can't.
1: (laughs) When you were a young child, what did these daydreams look like? There's, there's typically a couple themes that people can point out in their daydreams. Some people have like a captive and rescue. Some of it is just essentially fulfilling desires. Other daydreams are about going over past failed experiences and making them better. Is, is there a specific theme you could point out, particularly when you were a child, when these daydreams first started off?
0: I don't think so, to be honest. Um, my daydreams were always super random. Even today, I would say they're super random, um, because all I did was just make characters, especially like two uh, D animated characters, just cartoons in my head. Is actually a real like term that I said to my counselor in like third grade. Um, that I just think about little stories with these cartoon characters and just them doing stuff, and it could be anything. Like they could be superheroes, they could be animals, they could be um, They could be kids like me, like my age. Like, um, I know that I probably had a lot of daydreams with like kids, like kid characters that are around my age or maybe slightly older. um, As I went through my childhood, and as I grow up into adult, nowadays I have adults in my daydreams mostly. Most of the characters in my head that I think about are now uh, my age or even uh, like ten years or twenty years older than me. They're all adults for the most part.
1: Okay, and do you think these daydreams impacted you negatively as a child? Would you say so? You talked about struggling to make friends. um, As as a kid, did daydreams play a part in any of that?
0: So there were times where I would prefer to daydream instead of hanging out with real kids. Um, Instead of going outside. I remember there was this one time... Uh, I got a phone call back in the days when we had telephones and they would just call me and be like, Hey, you want to go to the park? And I would be like, no, because I wouldn't tell them this, that I was going to daydream to this movie that was going to come on TV in a few hours. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would decline sometimes going outside. Sometimes my parents would ask me if I wanted to go outside and I would say no. And, uh, And if some sometimes it was um, really bad, like I really, really, really didn't want to leave because some something was uh, something was going to come on TV and I didn't want to miss it because it was those those were my characters (laughs) like I would like uh, how my daydreams work, especially back then. I used to um, just take cartoon characters out of shows and just use them in my stories and. I didn't want to miss seeing my characters like they're not mine, but like I have this connection to them, you know, I really like them and I use them in daydreams. So whenever they were on TV, I didn't want to miss them. Um. Yeah, <laughs> just so that was bad. Uh. When besides just having a problem with needing to watch a lot of cartoons in general, I. I think as a kid, I did like movements that, as I got older, got weirder and weirder. Because you know, as you age, you would think a child would stop being so weird, would stop imagining, um, imagine imagining things, and like where it looks like it's so obvious the kid is daydreaming. You know, where they're playing around, maybe talking to themselves or or acting out something.
1: Could you describe these movements really quickly?
0: Yeah. So by the time I was like eight, I was third grade, I was in third grade. And this was the point when my school the teacher started to f- think I was really something was really off about me. It was like I would twiddle my fingers. And it was to a point where other kids wouldn't even notice. And they would ask, like, so why do you do this? And I couldn't really give them an answer because I had no idea I was doing it. It's just something that I did. And then, of course, when they somebody's like starts talking to me, I instantly stop and I focus on whoever's, stop, whoever's talking to me. So they would be like, "Why do you do this?" And they would move their hands in a weird way, and I'd be like, "I do that. Like, I, I don't even notice I do that." <laughs> so it's just that was, you know, it's not terrible, but it's embarrassing. And I was like, <laughs> I feel so weird after they tell me that I've done this. And I don't I didn't know how to stop that. I was like, I don't know what was causing it. I was only eight. So I was like, I don't know. Um, I don't I think I was pretty good about keeping my mouth shut throughout my childhood, no, so that was good. I didn't talk to myself to the point where people would hear me like act out my daydreams in through words, because that would have been really, really cringeworthy if I did that. But I was shy. And I hated my voice, and I, I also had a really, really, really quiet voice that a lot of people don't hear me, even when I'm trying to talk to them. So that helped a lot that uh, nobody knew what exactly the contents of my daydreams were about.
1: Did your parents ever notice?
0: Yeah, my parents just chalked it up as just, you know, being a kid playing alone because I didn't have any siblings, and... um and just just, you know, figuring out a way to how to keep myself entertained. Uh, sometimes I would pace around in a room and my dad would be like, you look like a caged lion. And I'd be like, well, well I'm bored. Like I have to do something. I would just tell him, like, I'm bored. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> were you were you relatively close with both your parents? You described them as good parents, but did you have a good relationship with both of them?
0: As a kid, I think it was pretty okay. I think my mom was like, uh, she had a loud voice and she sounded angry. But then I would ask her, mom, why are you so angry? And she'd be like, it's just my voice. And she she's still like that to this day. Um, I think my relationship has deteriorated a little bit when I became an adult. But when I was a kid, it was better.
1: This sounds like and- something you thought was normal up until a point, right? Can you tell me when you discovered what you were doing was not normal?
0: Uh, Maybe, I guess it was that, yeah, when I was eight or maybe even seven years old or nine. Around that time when I was starting to get psychologically evaluated at school, that's when I realized, oh, I'm the weird kid because... not everybody else had to go through all of what I what I what what happened to me with teachers, you know, talking to me and asking me questions and having to go to the counselor, and her asking me questions and stuff. Um, I think I, at that point I realized, yeah, I was weird. I was not like the other kids. Um, in particular, when it came to like thinking of little stories in my head, no other kid ever came up to me and just told me, "Hey." I think of these stories in my head too, or anything like that. I thought what I did was just something unique to me. Oh, Nobody ever talked about it. it my friends, sometimes we would mention like little hints to each other, like, oh yeah, I imagine this character doing this sometimes. Um, but it wasn't anything that was like on my level of like how deep uh, and long these daydreaming stories would go
1: did it bother you that that you thought you were different
0: i don't know if i really thought it was like a bad thing more than i just wanted everybody to leave me alone just like just let me be kind of thing like like i don't think i ever thought that what i did was something that had to be stopped it's just like um more like I have to keep it more and more of a secret from people so that I can still do it, but it doesn't look weird to everybody else.
1: Now, can you tell me what makes your daydreaming worse? Are there particular triggers you have?
0: So definitely watching something cool that I really, really like will give me more ideas. If I ever found like a character that I latch onto, uh, that goes a long way too. Like, cause like, oh, that's a cool character. I can use this character in all of these kinds of stories because I just like them and I want to know what would happen. Well, like, figure out, think of new ideas to like put some situations to put this character in and act out these stories, but with the character that I like. Um, that's that can trigger a lot. Like recently I watched uh, some movies that I really liked, and I've been really into daydreams um, ever since. And that was just like a month or two ago. I'm still pretty into those daydreams uh, even now, into the new year.
1: Kind of, Tracking back a couple of years, what was your M.D. like at college and at Texas State?
0: When I was in school, like as an adult, I think I daydreamed less because uh, especially in like university, I could do a lot more things at my campus, like actually go and do these events and activities that my campus would hold. Um, so I think I was able to focus on college in general a lot more because I had more things to do that would take away, uh, that would distract me from being well actually bored, like just not doing anything. Um, but I still uh, did my daydreams, like pacing in my room and all that. And if a professor was particularly boring if a lecture was boring one day i could still like have a problem with like daydreaming during class and then i'd be like oh man i missed whatever the professor just said um sometimes it was hard uh on days like that but daydreaming wasn't as bad when i was in college i don't think it affected me too badly and rarely did i have times where i'm like oh man i I'm missing all this time that I, when I should be studying for my next exam or something like, no, I had pretty good discipline. I was like, okay, I need to do this. Cause if I don't, I'm going to be in trouble. I always hated when I had to do things like at the last minute that I really hate that because then I don't, I never able to like set time aside to actually daydream on my time whenever I want to, or really, really want to, and where, you know, I always set time where I had some relaxation, some chill, chilling out time and daydreaming what happened in those, in those, in those break times or not.
1: And then after you finished school, I believe you said you got a master's. What happened after you entered the workforce? Were there any changes to the amount and way in which you daydreamed?
0: When i graduated the pandemic started Mm -hmm.
1: um
0: although my first job was in university i was a graduate assistant um and like i said uh, daydreaming wasn't as a big a problem in college although at that time when in my graduate assistantship towards the end like my final semester i was having problems because the job itself was just taking up too much time and it was it wasn't needed like my professor that i had in that semester wanted me to be there for like a really long shift from like early in the morning and it would just destroy the way like the went my time management because i couldn't work at the office because my uh, co-workers were too loud so i i couldn't do work that i needed to do and then i had to do it at home which you know rubbed in it went into my daydreaming time and now this didn't work out I quit and uh, graduated uh, with no job <laughs> like but it was okay like I, I didn't re- didn't really bother me to do that. I'd already done like the first year and a half uh, with with my job already but then I graduate pandemic happens and in uh, 2020, I don't do anything. Obviously, everything shut down. 2021, things start to open up a little bit, but still not okay. But uh, 2021, I had a a temporary job at my university that I could do, but it was only a month, like about a month and a half, Um, which I also didn't like because it was an eight to five uh, thing that made me super tired and just not feel great but it was temporary i would have stayed longer if i could but they couldn't hire me any longer um so that ended and then there was some weird uh just some moments where i was like okay where am i gonna move because i just i've been at this point my parents and i have been moving from apartment to apartment because there's always something wrong with whichever apartment we moved to and so i didn't get a job until 2022 um I worked retail at one store for like a month, and then I got a full-time job at another retail store. And so then things were odd because my schedule was flippy floppy because that was the nature of retail. Um, and I, I don't think I daydreamed a lot during that year when I worked at this store. But I think I was okay because my job was just a bunch of standing around and watching the store. Um, I pretty much was essentially like a security guard, although not really like loss prevention. I would just watch if there were any signs of shoplifting or anything, any employee theft that they were doing at the cash register or whatever. Um, And so I had a lot of times actually daydream just standing around for eight hours uh, so, yeah, that I, I don't think it, it affected me during that job in particular too much.
1: Were there any attempts to purposefully minimize the amount you daydreamed? Or was it like you were daydreaming less because you had more stuff to do?
0: I daydream less when I have stuff to do. So when I'm not bored and I have things on my mind that I feel that are important and things that I should do and should work on, then it's not a problem for me to not to daydream less. But if I'm bored and I feel like my time is being wasted, then I do want to like have my my time to like be happy and like daydream of cool stuff because otherwise I'm just bored. And I'm going to be just super, just, I guess, depressed, just not thinking of of stuff that's that makes me laugh, that makes me smile. Because when I go out in the real world, most of the time that doesn't happen. I Like, I'm not surrounded by friends and stuff. My friends all graduated from high school and they went on with their lives. And I have no idea what happened to most of them. Um, or maybe even all of them. I don't know what happened to... Any of my childhood friends at this point, um, I'm. It's just me now and only online friends, which uh, you know I I meet with them every once in a while uh, during the week, but like not, I'm not like always having access to them, chatting with them all the time, except maybe one or two. Uh, so you know, most of the time it's just me it's taking up my time. Like, yeah, I. If I have more things to do that I like and I enjoy my time doing it, then I'm going to daydream less, and it's. I think that's okay for now. I don't. I haven't seen a, haven't had a problem that's so bad where I'm like, okay, daydreaming has to go. At, at this point or whatever.
1: Do you overall look at your maladaptive daydreaming as a benefit? or cost to your life?
0: Well, the nature of maladaptive daydreaming will always have some kind of cost. Um, I lose sleep a lot, especially when I had to work at my job that had me go to in the mornings. I would go definitely with like maybe four or five hours of sleep because I can't go to sleep much earlier than like midnight or anything like that. It's just, it's too early for me. I'm a night owl, and a lot of what makes me a night owl is daydreaming. Um, And then I try to go to bed, and I'm not tired, or maybe I am tired, but I have something, like my brain just doesn't want to shut off yet. It still wants to think of something. Then I'll be daydreaming in bed, and it's like, you can't stop that. You can't stop your brain from thinking things. Cause it's gonna happen. Like, I will be in bed, being like, "Okay, sleep time." And you will even say, like, "Sleep," in like in real time, like just sleep, just think about nothing, but just going to sleep. Just just wondering if that could even work, and it doesn't. Because eventually, you're gonna start thinking about something, and then that's when a whole story starts to play out. And then before I know it, it's been. Like 30 minutes, and I'm still awake. And I try to go to sleep again. And it doesn't happen. The brain shuts off whenever the brain wants to shut off shut off. Like I don't have control over that pretty much. Uh, sometimes I, there's a problem where I'm alone in my room for a long period of time and I start mouthing things and I say them out loud even, which didn't used to be a problem when I was a kid, which is really weird, but it started happening lately. And I just hope nobody hears, (laughs) because I'm in an apartment, and the walls are kind of thin, and just got to hope that my parents don't hear what I'm saying, or the neighbors aren't hearing what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, it it can get awkward like that.